This film was approved under the Motion Picture Code of Self-Regulation. And now... We're thinking in terms of a film. The question is... What are we trying to do with this movie? By George. That is a good question. Is everybody happy? Let's go. Hello. This is Film Proud. <laughs> Hi. Uh, my name is Chris, and I owned two kid and play cassettes in the 90s, right there next to my Millie Vanilli and Candyman single. Um, as always, I'm joined by MC Paul Yo Yo Yo. Yo, dog. <laughs> uh, our guest tonight uh, makes uh, web comics. Um, and he also knows the mystical martial art of Gymkata. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's not a rerun, but uh, we do have with us uh, Mr. Daniel J. Hogan. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Hitting us with the dope lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, let me try again. I'm Daniel J. Hogan, and I'm here to say I like talking movies in a funny way. Does that work? Boom. That works. Perfect. See more okay. at clattertron.com. Exactly. <laughs> wow, are those cops around me or someone else? That's that that's you, man. That ain't me for a change for once. How fitting for tonight's movies. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Uh, yeah, if you haven't guessed by the name of our podcast, we watch movies. Uh, the same year that tonight's movie came out in 1990, Martin Scorsese started the Film Foundation to preserve and restore cinema classics. Well, we're here to conserve the films that don't make that list. Um, <laughs> tonight's movie is House Party, uh, starring the rap duo Kid and Play. And uh, the budget I uh, found from Box Office Mojo was $2.5 million and the box office take was $26 million. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. That explains why they made like eight more house party movies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I remembered like two more. And then as I read and did the research, I was like, wait, why are there five? Yeah. And like the <laughs> last two barely I remember barely House Party featured. and House Party 2 and uh, that's it. Yeah. Um, what, what I thought was interesting too during the research is Box Office Mojo has a rap rapper category, and um, this film is ranked number seven on it. Number one, I think, is Eight Mile. Um, okay. okay, okay, sure. And I was gonna be all excited if uh, Armin joined us because number three was Jamie Kennedy's Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> wow. This is a sad category for films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was I mean, this was the second one called Two House Two Party? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was just House Party Two, the Pajama Jam, or something like that. Okay, <laughs> or just House Party Two. Sure. Oh no! I wish I like had the IMDb page open. Like, uh, I can't remember what the tagline for this movie was, and I was like, "That's kind of sad." <laughs> I'm on. Give me a minute. I'll find uh, it. I remember reading it going, that's not really a tagline. That's just sort of a sentence. Um, so, yes, $26 million, um, It did win, like, some awards, I think, uh, in comedy. Um, 
I thought that was kind of interesting and Roger Ebert really loved it because he thought it was cool that like, you know, it was a comedy um, with like an urban culture about it. But it's interesting because watching it, I just thought they were the same old jokes you'd see in any movie. But that's just me. (laughs) Okay, I got it. You ready? Do you want to guess what it is? No. It was so vanilla. I can't even... Uh, in space, no one can hear you. Part. Oh wait, never mind. Something else. Okay, it's uh, <laughs> if they get caught, it's all over. If they don't, it's just the beginning. Well, that's pretty prophetic as far as the <laughs> series of the film goes. I know because they did like you know ten more. Yeah. And- were they actually in the rest of them as well? Mm, they were in House Party Two, and then they were in House Party Five. I yeah. think. They okay, had like so a it was like it was like Fast and Furious where right. they took a few they took a few off, they let it let them do the Tokyo thing and then they come back. Right. Here comes a train by the way. That's that's on my end. <laughs> awesome. Right awesome. On time. Uh the Soul Train. It's a 915 right. Lanesburg coming through. Uh so interestingly enough uh while it appears that this film is just sort of like a vehicle for kid and play, um, it's actually based on the director's award-winning undergrad film. Uh, Reginald Hudlin, the director, and his uh, brother wrote this. The director studied at Harvard, and so he won a lot of films with like a short version of this. Nice. <laughs> did, did you hear the other bit of trivia around this movie? Go ahead. I think I know what you're saying. Okay, um, that it was originally meant to be a vehicle for uh, the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff, and they yes. turned it down. Yeah. I read that on Wikipedia and IMDb, so take it with a grain of salt, but it, that kind of makes sense because, I mean, if you look at the main characters, they are like one's a rapper, one's a you know DJ, so it makes sense. So what I thought was... Uh, kind of cool about that is yeah um imdb doesn't have any citations and then wikipedia said citation needed for okay. that piece of information but then when you go to um i think when you go to like the kid and play wikipedia page one of the other pages that it linked to i should probably get editing on wikipedia like one of those kind of cool people but one of the pages it linked to they had like a an interview um, excerpt from Jazzy Jeff, and uh, so that proved like that they were offered it. And I thought, oh, that's cool. But what was really great about the uh, the um, clip is Jazzy Jeff said when um, Fresh Prince and him did that song "Nightmare on My Street," uh, New Line Cinema sued the pants off of them. <laughs> And part of, like, the lawsuit was, uh, okay, so you're going to give us some money because, you know, uh, you totally stole this from us. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we really like that song. I read song. that exact same thing. Yeah. They're like, we really like that song. It's awesome. Maybe you'd like to be in this movie we're working on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Like, so, yeah. You're probably going to have to pay us money for your song. Great song, by the way. And you want to be in one of our movies? <laughs> like, That's really good negotiation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much what I skewed from this uh, film. 
Um, I have some other things that I figured out here and there. Like we can talk about the stars of the film when they show up. But otherwise, I'm I'm good with jumping into my uh, monotony of synopsis. <laughs> can I make a quick aside here? I'm on Please. IMDb on the uh, House Party page. And in the sidebar, they have those uh, user lists things, which are, you know, whatever. And uh, one of the lists is the 41 movies to watch with your black girlfriend. This is a list on a fan-made list on Internet Movie Database. And I'm I'm just going to check and make sure House Party's on the list. <laughs> Let's see. The Wiz is number one, Coming to America. Okay. Uh, House Party's number five. Okay. Between Lean on Me and Boomerang, which also Boomerang has the same director as House Party. So there you go. That's right. That's right. This has been fan-made content with Daniel J. Hogan. Now back to our regularly scheduled <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I think that uh, that uh, now you've got me like wondering, but uh, I think that rap rapper category uh, that they had for House Party. <laughs> there, there it is, right there. Uh, let's see, number seven. Uh, so number six is the movie Bullworth. Oh, and I was, I was like, really? I guess there's rapping in that movie, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't really even remember that movie. Just thinking, like, this looks like an awful movie. But uh, I digress. Yeah, Warren Beatty, Halle yes. Berry. Let's, let's kick it. Let's get into it. <laughs> wow, the colors in this film. It was like everyone's costumes. It was like something we like recently watched where like they were making fun of. <laughs> See, this style. is yeah. uh, this is like this is what I remember 90s style looking like. Yeah. And in my head, like everything everybody in this is wearing. I'm like, OK, yeah, I remember people wearing that stuff in the 90s. <laughs> you said completely. this came out in 90. I was nine years old, maybe 10 when this came out. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been 10, maybe eight. On the low end, but at least eight or nine. But yeah, that's uh, definitely had some flashbacks watching this. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I would say uh, the soundtrack to this, as you can imagine, what it would be for a kid and play movie. Uh, I wanted to transplant the soundtrack from this into the Last Dragon because. <laughs> Because yeah. as as we talked about on the last dragon, I I didn't care for that sound effect soundtrack very much, but I think it could have matched t- in terms of tone very well in a lot of places, <laughs> and I think it would have made the last dragon a much more enjoyable movie for me. So there were a few times where I was like, you know, I should get this soundtrack. This is pretty kicking. You know, <laughs> uh, some good there's some good jams on it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Interesting. I've uh, I've I've come late to the uh, rap game, as it were, uh, as someone who in the mid late nineties, most of the early two thousands, was only into metal and punk and then mm. post punk, etc. Uh, within the past couple of years, I've actually started to get into rap music and uh, kind of, to be perfectly honest, the film Straight Outta Compton has kind of spearheaded that and. Uh, because I bought the first NWA album and loved it. Mm. And then that has sent me down the um, rabbit hole of, you know, what else was going on at this around this time and yeah. uh, researching the history of hip hop and rap. And uh, there's a really good comic series called the hip hop family tree. 
and I, I definitely highly recommend it if you're a fan of any kind of history or music history or whatever. And the the artist um, whose name escapes me at the moment, I'll look it up in a second, but he goes back to the beginning and just does this huge epic uh, story of how hip hop came to be and its different incarnations and, you know, who started doing what and then how that spun off and this other thing. It's good. Check it out. Hip hop family tree. Sweet. Huh. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I, to sum up, I enjoyed the soundtrack cause I'm starting to get into, uh, the rap music only, you know, like 30 years later, but, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. That incarnation of rap. <laughs> right. That incarnation of rap. Exactly. It's, uh, is it Ed Piscor? Is that what it is? Yes, that would be him. All right. Nice. Um, well worth your time. Good stuff. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, that, that NWA, uh, record, like, yes, I, I had that. And like, let's see, I was older at that time in the nineties, in fact, getting ready to graduate from high school. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, the NWA, uh, straight out of Compton, like, that um album you were cool if you had like the album and you didn't have the clean version <laughs> right right <laughs> which you can imagine the clean version of an NWA album is pretty interesting yeah uh yeah but yeah it's it's fun like uh, i definitely i th- i have like a youtube playlist if you can find me on youtube where i just like grabbed a bunch of old like stuff that i listened to and i was like wow i can't believe i listened to this and i will sometimes just throw youtube like on my phone or the tablet and just like make dinner while listening to them <laughs> <laughs> uh so yes uh let me get jump right into the synopsis boy uh the film has a bookend kind of a situation going on. Yeah. Oh, spoiler. Uh, the movie opens with like a foggy party, which I assume is to indicate that this is a dream, although they don't do any sort of like dreamy sequency things. But uh, in the dream, the roof is not on fire, but it's blown right off and flies into space. So <laughs> weren't we taught in film school, never start a movie with a dream sequence or someone waking up and this movie does both of those things. <laughs> yes. Well, that's because we went to like, you know, a film school, like this guy went to Harvard. Right. Come on. Right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, kids alarm goes off and he uh, pulls off his cartoonish sleeping cap to reveal his trademark high top fade. Uh, and then we get Pretty this. Nice. Yes, we get an awesome uh, montage of him getting ready. Um, I especially liked all the microphones in front of his mirror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, uh, made a note of his huge hairspray can. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you're was right. like, that was pretty it, huge. It was like, I don't know, three feet long or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I will, I will admit this uh, publicly to my mom who's listening. Uh, <laughs> that I have actually also seen the other awesome hip hop movie. I wonder where that is on the rap rapper chart. Uh, that uh, Cool as Ice film. <laughs> oh yeah, starring oh, Vanilla. Yeah. That is that needs to be witnessed. That is uh, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Like it is, it is worth your time. It is beautifully shot to be perfectly honest but also just uh like it has some really good cinematography and that's uh, what i was gonna say 
Yeah. There's like a scene of him like sitting in front of a table um, talking to someone like leaning back on a couch and the camera is really low at level with the table. So like the salt and pepper shaker on the table are like ginormous. And then mm-hmm. when the camera moves with the characters, you see that they really are ginormous. It wasn't like a mm-hmm. play with aspect. <laughs> and I remember loving that shot. And I was like, wow, that's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. And that was a horrible film of ice movie. Which is oh, number yeah. 26 on the Story wrapper. Story-wise, is, it, it's terrible, but it, it is <laughs> brilliant in its terribleness and uh, uh, worth your time, though. Trust me. Oh, yeah. If you see it. Drop when that you look, zero and get with the hero. I yes. Mean, that's all I got to say. <laughs> that was my favorite pickup line. And I also liked, I was going to say, if you ever see it somewhere, like just grab it and say, let's go. Because yep. you need um, it. You can. It's part of the Warner Brothers vault catalog, which means I think pretty much they print them when you order it. So <laughs> they don't. They don't. It's print on demand because there's not enough demand to like warrant having it in stock. But they will happily print one for you and mail it to you for twenty bucks or whatever, <laughs> and is worth every cent. I actually uh, that was part of my uh, best man gift to my best man after my wedding. I sent him a copy of that. <laughs> Ah, oh, nice. We can skip yep. the movie and just talk about that. That's good. Yeah, let's just talk about a totally different movie. Yeah. It's okay. But no, <laughs> yeah. back to house party. I mean, back back uh, the first marriage. Oh, my wife loves when I say that. Um, I got my uh, my groomsmen like all talking Yodas. So, nice. which is a there shocker to listeners because I'm not a Star Wars fan anymore. But. <laughs> <laughs> But you could put all the talking Yodas in a circle together, which we did on my bachelor night um, instead of doing anything cool. And uh, they talked to each other and the talking Yodas would then like talk shit about their uh, the people they're training, i.e. us. So <laughs> <laughs> my Padawan is a bad person. You're like, it was just like, I'm sitting right here, Yoda. <laughs> it was not cool. Anyway. Uh, so yes, uh, after the little montage, his, uh, dad starts yelling for him, played by, uh, the great comedian, Robin Harris. Um, the late Robin Harris, unfortunately. Yes. He plays pop. Unfortunately, because he died, not because he, he played him, but because he passed away not long after this role. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's hilarious. He is hilarious. Yes. He has most uh, of the best lines in this movie, I think. Yeah. I had read, and again, there's no citation here, but I had read he pretty much ad-libbed most of his lines. Same. <laughs> yep. He's uh, he's an 80s comic who had roles in uh, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing and Mo Better Blues, and mm-hmm. he probably is most famously known for his routine about Bebe's Kids. Uh, which, which became its own movie. Yes, after he passed. Sorry, yep. not, not not to steal your thunder. I'm sorry. No, no worries. Um so uh, anyway, Pops tells him breakfast is waiting and then goes back to bed and falls asleep. Uh, <laughs> and my my thing, like, there's a touching scene to show him, like, caring for his dad, like, taking his boots off or whatever. But my favorite part of this is, like, when he goes downstairs, like, this breakfast is, like, straight out of a TV commercial. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> like a five-course breakfast. Yeah. And every food group is perfectly represented. I was yeah, like, and like you gather that his dad works nights, I guess, in a mine yeah. maybe because based on all the hard hats with right. lights on them or whatever. And 
he comes home and the first thing he does is makes his son like a seven course breakfast, which is good, you know, good on him, but pretty hilarious. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking like with all the crazy colors and like the pajamas he was in the beginning, I was like, this movie is pretty much like Pee Wee's Big Adventure right here in the beginning. I had that exact same note, like especially that, (laughs) you know, first 10, 15 minutes of him getting up and getting, you know, cleaned up for the day and everything. So uh, then it's off to school where we just, boom, we're in the school cafeteria and uh, Play introduces the idea of a party at his parents' house because they're gone. Can we talk about Play's outfit with the clocks on it? (laughs) And I'm not talking about clock necklaces, Flava Flav style. I mean like painted on fabric paint clocks on his shirt and his pants. Yep. And it says Play, doesn't it? It, it might. I mean, why not? I'm I'm pretty sure that the the clocks themselves have play written on them in like Google like primary colors. I can see that. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I was just watching the video trying to get ready for the show for "Getting Funky" by Kid and Play, and I just wanted to like laugh. Actually, Paul called while I was listening to it, but. <laughs> But in the video, Kid is wearing, like, a black sweater with a giant number two on it. And then Play is wearing, like, that same black sweater with a giant word hype on it. So when they stand next to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So great. Um, So their their friend is a DJ, and it's Martin Lawrence. Uh, One and only Martin Lawrence, which I was like, whoa. Yeah. Dragon Breath. Looking pretty young. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, very young. Very young. Yep. So so Play goes off to invite some girls to the party, and we get to meet Tisha Campbell, Lawrence's co-star in his show. And, Gina. Uh, <laughs> and her friend, Shireen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kid accidentally bumps into this giant muscly dude when he gets up, uh, whose name is Stab. Um, <laughs> and stab spills his milk because you know milk does a body good so that's why he's drinking it yeah um and so we're introduced to our three villains and these three guys are from a group that i'd really never heard of but they're called the group is called full force i think there's like five or oh, six that's who full force okay because i yeah. saw them in the credits i'm like who's full force and then i didn't realize those three were uh, a group okay yeah, one of them is I think he goes by his regular name which is Paul Johnson or something like that and then the other guy is B Fine and then the guy they call Peewee his performer name in the group and the credits is Bowlegged Lou. It's <laughs> a much better name. I know. I was like I love that name so much better. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they they're continuing to uh, they write and uh, produce. Uh, so they produced for tons of people from like James Brown to NSYNC to the Black Eyed Peas and uh, oh, Rihanna. Wow. So, well, good yeah. for them. Yeah, right on. And Pee Wee's pretty hilarious. Like he is like the I don't even know what what year you would call that guy that typical character from, but he's like the yeah yeah guy. You know, like, right? Yeah, yeah. He. he He's an instigator, that's for sure. And I assume they call him Pee-wee because of the voice that he's using throughout the movie. Right. Mm. Interesting. 
Yeah, I was a little bit thrown off by this because, as I said, uh, this was a time where I was in high school. And um, I don't know if it was around this time or after this time, I started hanging out with uh, one of the guys on the basketball team. And uh, he was we both had like another friend and they were both taller than me. And they both used to call me Pee Wee. And I just assumed it was because I was shorter than them. But now after watching this movie, I was like, oh, no, am I that guy? Uh, so anyway kid pretty much gets his ass beat when he tries to fight back um wait 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 wait. can can i back up for a second there was uh the uh the classic scene where he tries to throw jello at stab and misses (laughs) and and it's ronald reagan it's the ronald reagan (laughs) picture like it cuts to a, a static wall and there's a portrait of Ronald Reagan, and the red jello hits him square in the face and dribbles down the wall. And I'm like, man, was this before or after the assassination attempt? Because that's uh, that's pretty uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be after. It was 90, after. This would have yeah, been 90. It would have been uh, Bush Sr.'s administration. That's true. And they probably shot it, you know, 89 or whatever. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. But but I was like, whoa, uh, <laughs> that's that's funny. I knew you were going to mention that, too. Uh, so I didn't put it in my notes because I knew you would love that bit. But I just when you when you brought it up, it just made me remember that when we watched Skidoo, wasn't there like a giant picture of Reagan somewhere, too, or no? Yes, he was uh, mayor. Was then, a, right? Because he was governor of governor, uh, governor California. of California. That's right. <laughs> and he keeps uh, showing up in something. movies. Yeah, he was behind. Yeah, it was when um, the local whatever, <laughs> yeah, friggin' uh, the board of upright citizens were yeah. uh, yelling at the hippies. He was there was a portrait of him on the wall. <laughs> now I, I feel like stuff like that. Now I feel like we need to find a an actual Ronald Reagan movie to make a part of film from. Oh, was, oh, yeah, there's only one you need to do. It's bedtime for Bonzo. It's a okay. classic. All right. I was going to say, in fact, I might own it. I bought it for my wife for Valentine's Day when we were dating one year. Sorry, ladies, I'm taken. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets my wife hot like the Gipper. No, it's uh, oh, you need to. Have you ever seen it? I haven't. Well, oh, you need to watch this movie. It it is. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it is. I I can't even begin to, to talk about it, but I, I don't want to ruin it for you. Just you need to watch it. Oh, exciting. It's going on the Film Frown Season 3 list. Yeah. Right now. Count me in for that episode. It's it's good. <laughs> uh, so, so Kid gets beat up, and uh, then, of course, we cut to the principal's office. <laughs> and, uh, Which has one of my favorite jokes in the movie. But. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It was the best. It's because that actress really sold it. Yeah. Yeah. She does a good job. Yeah, so she's she's just uh, trying to you know figure out what's happening here and telling these boys that they're bad and she's definitely past her prime. Uh, and so she she says you know, and why were you calling his mama a silly garden tool? Yeah, well, because before that, like sure. she asked why the fight start, and he's like, well, because he, he called my mama ho, and my mom's dead. And then at the end of it, she's like, and why did you call his mom a garden tool? 
and, and she sold it. It was pretty great. Yeah. 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 And it, it helps too that like kid and the person that he just fought with look at each other like what's wrong with this lady? <laughs> right. You got to love that little um, human interest aspect of a uh, uh, kid's mom dying. And uh, so his, his dad's doing all he can to raise the boy right on his own. Yeah. Yep. So so now Kid is terrified of going home to Pops because he's going to be in trouble for fighting at school. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, the uh, the pink slip eventually arrives, but he's already home. Uh, so um, and he's he's kind of in this position where he knows at some point Dad is going to find out Pop Pop is going to find out, but he just wants to delay punishment which is essentially grounding. He wants to delay punishment until after this party. He needs to make sure to get to this party. And then after that, you know, he can be punished, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I, um, I can't remember. Did we, at, um, my timeline is kind of messed up a bit, but uh, has the whole Martin Lawrence, like I'm not going to work for free thing happened yet? Or is that? Yeah, that was in the lunchroom. That was in the lunchroom. Okay. Uh Play was oh, trying to get yeah. Martin Lawrence to DJ the party, and uh, and he which is I mean saying, that's a pretty big pot, plot point too because yeah, I yeah. mean and not that I'm begrudging you for skipping it and whatever it doesn't matter but um just as someone who sometimes gets asked to make stuff for free I definitely appreciated his resolve to uh, be like no I'm not working for free anymore and that sort of thing so I uh, I uh, I knew where he was coming from I guess yeah. Yeah, I, I did skip over that just because. That's okay. It's all, it's all about the house party, man. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand. You got to get to the good parts. I don't understand these subplots with de- dead moms and things. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about this the house music. party, not, not Tennessee Williams' house party. <laughs> which right. that's a movie I want to see. Tennessee Williams' house party, which would probably just be Streetcar Named Desire or whatever, anyway. <laughs> Oh, you! It's like a very like stressful house party because it's a glass <laughs> menagerie. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he asked Pops uh, if he can go to the party, um, and Harris is great because uh, before the pink slip arrives, and Harris is great because he's like all hurt. He's like, uh, "Oh, come on, boy! I rented Dolomite and was hoping we could yeah. watch it together." <laughs> yeah. What you don't like Dolomite? <laughs> And then he starts doing that. the rhymes. <laughs> yeah. And Dolomite, I was like, those, uh, those at home who don't know is a, uh, it's at least one movie, if not more of a private detective, uh, sort of thing. It's kind of a shaft esque yeah. sort of deal. Yep. <laughs> I actually, actually, I have a bonus, uh, film frown that I did this summer with some friends from Greece and Europe, uh, to, uh, I still have to edit. Sorry, everyone. But, uh, yeah, so we watched Dolomite, and it was really interesting to get some people who aren't from uh, the U.S. to oh, man. their take on it. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine it. Europeans' take on black exploitation movies. Yeah, that's that's got to be fun. Yeah, it was great. I had some audio issues, so it's been taking a while. So I haven't been looking forward to editing it. Sorry. Uh <clears throat> But do we we cut to play who's cleaning his house and attempts uh, the dance move, <laughs> which I should have started the podcast <laughs> off with a warning that you should not ever try that kid and play dance move. <laughs> I did perfect it in my youth, 
but it came at great cost. <laughs> oh, the uh, the uh, tapping your feet against each other, whatever. No, thing. No, nope. When he's vacuuming, he does the where you take like you grab one foot and then you jump with your other foot. Oh and yeah, pull. yeah, 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 yeah. You jump with what, right. the other foot and then loop it through as you're still holding mm-hmm. the other one. And so he mm-hmm. misses to make fun of it in the movie and falls on his knees. But you can break your nose on doing that, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, yes, Martin Lawrence calls because, uh, okay, he's going to DJ, but he needs to get all his equipment to play his house. And Play said he would pick him up. And so uh, Lawrence is all angry because he's just waiting. He's mm-hmm. got to set up. He's got to get his gear up. Um, and so then the pink slip finally arrives. Oops, he's grounded. Um, <laughs> and he's like, but it's going to be like the party of the year. I got to go. And <laughs> Harris, a school night? <laughs> Harris is great. He's like, he's like, but everyone's going to be there. He's like, I don't give a damn if Marvin Gaye's going to be there. You ain't going to that party. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, so meanwhile, then we, we show up at uh, Lawrence's place. Uh, Play shows up to pack the car. And, of course, there's like a huge amount of stuff that's never going to fit in his Chevrolet Chevette. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's got a, a girl in the front seat with him. That's right. Uh, and so he's like, no, no, you just don't know how to pack. Watch. I'll do it. And uh, he proceeds to completely, like, destroy Martin Lawrence's, like, speakers. And- <laughs> yeah. And he's just throwing the LPs in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, living in a day where, like, now vinyl is, like, coming back, it's just, it's just like, I feel like anybody who would watch this would be, like, really sensitive. Like, oh, my God, don't treat the LPs like that. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> like- yeah, yeah. I have a friend who uh, DJs um, somewhat regularly, and uh, these days he's all about the digital thing because, as he likes to say, like his whole setup is like you know a bag, and that's it. Yeah, it's not before we'd have to he'd have to lug all the LPs and everything. Right, Um, and then we cut to Tisha Campbell, who shows up at Shireen's place in the projects, and. her uncle is a Film Frown alum. It's Louis B. Washington. He was in UHF. That's what I thought. <laughs> I knew it. Um, and uh, and there's some interesting things that happen there. I think it's now where they, we're making Kool-Aid with tons of sugar. Oh, come and, on. That, that Kool-Aid gag is, is brilliant. Where she makes <laughs> has the brother make Kool-Aid and they cut yeah. to him and he's like pouring he's a whole pouring bag of sugar yes. into the pitcher. <laughs> And she says, I could feel my teeth hurt. And the, and yeah. the other girl goes, it's good like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, I made a note. That's two food jokes where the food is like bright red. Yeah. Cause the, the jello was bright red too, which yep. I mean, it gets your attention. I guess that's the idea, but, uh, I, I, mean, I like the family too, like grandma and grandpa and everyone is just like in the living room, like five or six people just watching TV yeah. and like, nobody says anything. <laughs> Well, he uh, the the boy asks what color uh, what color to make as well because they were out and uh, and he's like red or grape and she looks at him like is there any other choice red of course <laughs> that is funny that it's red or grape yeah yeah, yeah. well that's 
<laughs> Speaking from experience, that's about right. <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> that's what that's what Kool Aid tastes like: red or grape. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul. Paul. Speaking of red food color, food coloring dyes. Do you let your daughters have that? Because I hear tell that that's bad stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. My wife goes a little nuts if she has anything that has too much red dye in it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't think we have anything in the house actually at the moment that has any any real Friend red of mine dye. Is actually, in it. is allergic to that stuff. Um, yeah, one, of, one of the red dyes. Yeah, like red five. Yeah, standing by. Yeah, so that's yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, my my wife has has sort of a similar reaction. Like her, um, I don't know that it's necessarily allergies per se, but her face gets very flushed red, and she she kind of goes a little haywire. Um, It's kind of funny, like in the right kind of an environment. It's kind of funny, and she's having fun. But she sort of pays for it the next day too. It's almost like a uh, a red five hangover. So I, we avoid it. She either told that story on an I Like Juice episode way back in the day, or she did have some during an episode. I remember and started this. going nuts. That could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yes. The red food coloring. Beware. Uh, yeah, I think I learned about this like not too long after we were over a friend's house and like their daughter had like just like a their mom her, her mom was like you can't have a lot of pop and I was like oh too bad for her and she <laughs> just gave her like a little bit and I was like wow my parents never did that to me and she just had a little bit of strawberry fanta and that kid was bouncing off the wall for the next hour and I was like holy cow wow <laughs> yeah and I was like I used to like strawberry fanta too <laughs> now I have diabetes. Uh, wah, wah. Um, so meanwhile, uh, we, we go back from the projects to Kid, who is now sneaking out of his house while his dad's asleep on the couch because Dolomite's playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and now that it's dark, see, I guess I forgot to say that uh, after Play crammed everything into the car, there was no room for Martin Lawrence. So he's like, I'll come back and pick you up. And this is a this is again where uh, Martin Lawrence is like, this is why I don't do this stuff for free. Nobody appreciates it. Right. I thought that yep. was great. Yeah, I, I definitely that hit home with me. I, I totally got that. <laughs> and uh, and so play finally returns for Martin Lawrence. And uh, now his car is like full of girls. <laughs> and I think this might be the first time like. When he's like hitting on the girls, that we get the fact that his nickname is actually Dragon Breath, unless like Tisha and Shireen talk about it earlier. Yeah, well, there was. I made a note. I don't remember where this is, but based on where it is, on I have it on the page. But there is a scene where, um, the woman who ends up playing Gina on, on Martin Lawrence show gives him this incredible look of disgust when he's hitting on her. Mm-hmm. And I just laughed out loud at that because uh knowing what their uh their futures were going to bring in a few short years <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so so kid is now walking to the party and he gets stopped by the cops um they call him a racer head yes they call him a racer head and uh one of the cops is uh i was like man they both look kind of familiar but one of them is uh 
Barry Diamond, and I was like, still not familiar. <laughs> and I, I had to look at his IMDb, and he was apparently like on the MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour a lot. So I was like, okay, okay. I thought he was a comedian. So, um, so yeah, they give him a lot of grief, uh, but they let him go because, of course, they're out of donuts. Um, <laughs> that, that was the joke. Uh, yeah. Yep. And so as he crosses the road, he almost gets hit by a Jeep. It turns out to be all the bullies, um, full force. <laughs> and uh, so those guys, like, jump out of their vehicle. Maybe they pull over. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> and start chasing him into someone's backyard uh, where he jumps over a fence and he gets to look through a window at some sex. <laughs> 90s sex. Um and see, what's interesting, I, I was like, am I overanalyzing this or what? But And then now that we're all three uni- united again to do this uh, review, um, I think we were all a little bit uncomfortable with the way sort of the rape stuff was handled in A Boy and His Dog. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this, this sex scene was like, I was like, this would never fly in a comedy movie today because – I mean, it was just dirty talk, I guess, but it it, was pretty graphic graphic. for for what it was. And also it, you know, is uh, we were talking about um, what the hell was that on Facebook the other day about uh, uh, Michael Bay versions of uh, something. Anyway, (laughs) the scene did not star uh, pretty people only. So, uh, I mean, you, you had a big dude and uh, his equally full-figured wife, which, whatever, that doesn't bother me. But uh, um, just knowing how things are these days, I'm like, that scene would not happen today with those actors at all. Or they would play up their um, exactly oversizedness a, l- a little bit more. Yeah. Like the I bed the would break thing. or something like that. Or they would like, thought- be eating at the same time or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, they would definitely play it up. And I think, too, like, it's uh, like we're over the top with like, or no, we're not over the top. I I guess it's just a, <laughs> a generational thing. But so, like, I feel like the movie um, portrays the 90s pretty good. So, like, this isn't like a really beautiful house. And it's, you know, like, <laughs> so it's just like a dire scene. It's not like a silly, like, Pee Wee Herman kind of house with lots of colors and they're just having sex in there you know what i'm saying like the setting itself too is just like wow this is kind of dark <laughs> so anyway yeah when they uh, when they pull out a gun start shooting at them while they're in the middle of having sex yeah that's uh, <laughs> right yeah yeah that was that was actually kind of funny now that you mention it like he he's like still doing the dirty talk as if like they're not watched. Like he sees them watching him through the window, so he gets off of his wife and then he goes and gets his gun. But he's still doing the dirty talk, like he's like faking it, and so right. they won't know that he's done it. And I'm like, they're watching you. <laughs> like what? <are> you? <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, baby, oh yeah, cocks his gun and then starts shooting at them. <laughs> I was like, that's a little okay. Um, so. Then he's off. Uh, he he sprints through some bushes and ends up at some uh, black tie event. Um, I think it's like a re- class reunion or something. And uh, we find that the DJ is none other than uh, George Clinton. Um, and he's playing like 
not like an awesome rapper DJ, but like a party DJ. <laughs> I think he he referred to the party as the elephant graveyard. <laughs> uh, and so then, uh, so kids like, hey, why don't you scratch some of these records and I will rap and. It's it's a very awkward scene where he's trying to get them to raise their hands in the air. Um, yeah, like they just don't care. It's kind of funny. Um, what what I find interesting is like I feel like uh, if you see like interviews or other stuff that uh, is his name Christopher Reed kid, like when he's just being himself, like he is pretty funny. He's like a funny guy, but like. It's like he, when he's acting, he's like trying too hard or something. I don't know. That's just my take on him. I feel like kid is, or play is a more natural actor, but I don't know. Maybe neither of them are all that great. <laughs> I think maybe with play, he's just, he's, his whole thing is like the smooth talker, ladies man thing. So maybe that's just why he comes across as more natural and maybe, uh, kid is just he's he's trying to like i gotta be funny i gotta be goofy and awkward maybe that's why he's trying too hard i don't know but uh, yeah yeah it's it's either like he's not playing it up enough or whatever like later when he finally arrives at the party like play is like look who's here everyone and kid like mugs like a face really quick but it's not like long and it's not held long enough i don't know it's just like he goes and then he stops and i was like okay just timing. I think it's comedic timing that I'm missing. Um, But anyway, so he's trying to get these uh, old people at this reunion riled up um, and uh, then Stab and his crew show up and a kid like tries to escape and ends up knocking down one of the party goers. Uh, And (laughs) he's like, sorry about that and makes a run for it. But uh, we cut to them being caught by our bungling police officers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which... I I did love this scene too because um the cop number 2 he's just like uh you know talking to everyone at the party and he's like so like you know we'll take them downtown someone needs to press charges and they're like no they're just troubled kids like they don't need incarceration what they need is like you know some real like help yeah right <laughs> like they make this intelligent plea and they're like we're not pressing charges so then he goes over to cop number one. <laughs> too afraid said, to say anything. They're too afraid to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> we'll press charges. Yeah. I was like, I love the take of like the police uh, in this film. It's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then the cops, like, then they humiliate everyone, uh, which was an interesting scene as well. It's like, uh, oh, he's the, like uh, the, the positive affirmation scene. <laughs> Yeah, I am yes. somebody. Yes. Yes. Yep. He's like, well, you're, you guys, I guess, are free to go. But before you go, he's like, I want you to repeat after me. <laughs> I am somebody. So finally, uh, we get to the party time. And uh, the first uh, rap duo to show up at the party is Groove Be Chill. I do not know any of their songs, but one half of them is Daryl Mitchell. Uh, the actor from Galaxy Quest. Yes. So, that's yes. right. Chill. That's why he looked familiar. Yep. And then Kid shows up 
And we are treated to lots of funky dancing, including Daryl Mitchell uh, bumping into the Martin Lawrence's DJ table a few times and getting yelled at. Um, and then we Which get to real, I mean, that, that's 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 a real that's a concern. Yeah, you know, those needles yep. and stuff. But let's not let us not forget the uh, brilliant scenes of John Witherspoon as the neighbor. That's uh, what who yep. starts yelling. Yes, yelling out the window and calls the police and. Not wanting to hear public anima played. <laughs> oh, yes. I could just watch a whole movie of him yelling at people, really. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, that's why I watch Black Jesus all the time. He's great in that show. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. <laughs> Have you in seen that show? Oh, yeah, no, Boondocks but, uh, as well. Check that out. Yeah, it's the same. He's, uh, also the, he's, he's Ice Cube's dad in the Friday movies. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, it's a, basically the same character. Yeah. Who who does uh, Boondocks? Is that Aaron Magruder or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, he's also the uh, person who does Black Jesus. So, yeah, it's a okay. good show. Um, but, yeah, John Witherspoon is like – I almost liked him more than Robin Harris. Like he is – and supposedly he also improved most of his lines. So – um, and like you said, he's got some great ones. Like yeah, he's like yeah. yelling out the window and he's like, oh, look at you, girl. And then like his wife's like, what are you talking about? I paid like, $15,000 for this house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his wife's like, what are you doing? He's like, you got to get over here. You might find yourself a piece of trim out here too. These young guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> just like, what? I yeah, kind of think that's something where they just set the camera on him and just let him go. Let him go. For like right. A half yeah. hour. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's later when uh when uh Pop shows up at the party too. It was just like it was just like a free for all, like just for him to like walk around and tear everyone down. Um, <laughs> so uh so now we get into the tricky side plot, um, which is who is scheming on who is Shireen into kid or play like what about Tisha Campbell like who is she into like who does kid want to be with like there's all this weird crisscrossy love triangle stuff basically Shireen is a player <laughs> um that's a vibe I got yeah yeah which is nice to see a woman in that role not that they can't be. I'm just saying, like we're so used right. to men. Yeah. yeah. So. Did, did, did we skip over the uh, the dance off, or is that coming up? Oh no, that's what I was just getting to. Because uh, okay, in, okay. In the, in the kitchen, uh, I think Groove is like trying to get everyone to drink, but that's not kid and play style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not when you have like a TV uh, cartoon show on Saturday mornings and stuff. I, um, right. I thought yeah, that. I, I, I thought that this movie was interesting from that perspective because there was there was that element of it. I don't remember seeing any smoking in it whatsoever. And Yeah, no no drug use. No yeah, no drug use, no cigarettes. Only one guy is drinking and he looks like an irresponsible buffoon by the end of the movie. And yeah. uh and at the end they have this conversation about not to spoil it, but at the end they have a conversation about one of the characters not being with one of the other characters because he didn't have any birth control on him. Which was right. like that basically really all of the messages me of this movie are like you might be misbehaving, but you need to know where the lines are. Right. <laughs> 
True. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. It really, it really, as someone who has seen and really enjoys the movie, like Boys in the Hood and, and uh, those other kinds of movies, um, that really, really stuck out that like, okay, well, uh, good for them for trying to uh, uh, get a message across to the kids. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, later after they split up, Kid and Play, like, not in the movie, but in real life, like, uh, Play becomes a born-again Christian. So right. there's that. Uh, it's like you wonder, like, was he influential in a lot of this then? Mm-hmm. Um, so well, I got to think. So the only other rapper I can think of who had a cartoon show was MC Hammer, and he was, <laughs> you know, he was Mr. <laughs> He wasn't exactly gangster rap at that point anyway. Right. He might have sure. later yeah. on as a way to try to revive his career, but at that point he wasn't either. So it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's funny cuz I posted that on Twitter like that clip of the intro to the cartoon, but then somewhere else I in my research on Wikipedia or whatever I read like that the plot of that cartoon <laughs> was that something something happened um, to kid and play that like reverted them back to children, but they still had their like adult minds. Um, that was right. the main theme behind it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> um, but back to the film. Uh, so yeah, kid or, uh, yeah, groove is getting wasted and trying to get other people to drink with them. And then Daryl Mitchell's like, Hey kid, why don't you show me that dance movie you were doing out there? Uh, which it was kind of funny because he's like, nah. And he's like, come on. He's like, nah. And he's like, all right, that's cool. And he's like, no, no, ask me again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't give up so easy. I yeah. That. Yeah. I enjoyed that. So as he's teaching the move. That leads into the, uh, yeah. the main uh, set piece of the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. You don't you don't like cast Gallagher in your film if you're not going to have him smash a watermelon, um, right? So yeah, this, this, got- and it's worth watching if only for this scene. It, it is. I mean, I, I will admit as someone who does enjoy good dance choreography and stuff, uh, who knows people who do theater and dance stuff and can appreciate the kind of work that goes into it. Like the scene was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool too when you think like I mean. You make assumptions, but uh, it's always – I always find it interesting like you forget that the people that you see um, in films are at the top of their game no matter what part they're in. Um, for instance, uh, one of the cops, uh, when I was trying to figure out like where I had seen both of these guys before, these actors, uh, this cop like graduated somewhere – like with the highest honors and he won like two or three acting awards um, before he started doing movies. Right. (laughs) Like, you know, he doesn't just have like this, like throwaway part of cop number two, (laughs) like he's at the top of his game. And, uh, and it's the same with like Tisha Campbell and this uh, woman playing Shireen. Like it's not like stunt dancers, like filling in, like they did the choreography. So I just, you know, people like it just always blows my mind. I forget like most actors that are like anywhere like remotely good are triple threat. They can sing, dance and act. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah, this is the uh, awesome dance off where it's Shireen and Tisha Campbell versus uh, Kid and Play. And um, 
what happens is basically uh, Groove is actually dancing with Kid at first, but then he passes out because he's drunk. And so Play takes off his jacket and jumps in, and then we get the trademark kick step, or some people call it the funky Charleston. So, Right. And I could never do that. So, <laughs> like you said, awesome dancing is awesome. Um. So now we cut to uh, Pops, who is on his way to the party to get Kid, and he has an altercation with our Keystone cops in this is, exact same place, which is so amazing. Yeah, it's the exact same corner. <laughs> it's like okay, location, this corner. Let's do all the scenes we need to do right here. And yep. he's not. I would say he's not non-compliant, but he also uh, is not afraid to give them some guff. He's kind of like I know. Yeah. I know where the line is that I'm going to cross. I'm going to follow all of their instructions to the letter, but I'm not. I'm going to make it clear that I'm not happy about how they're treating. What's me. his line? He says, "I'm from my hometown." Is like uh, beat up a cop or something, and I'm feeling homesick. <laughs> I'm, feeling, or I'm feeling homesick. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to. I listened to that twice, and I couldn't figure it out. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah, that that was great. And he was just like, oh, yeah, sure, yeah. He's like, yeah, you want to check me out? Yep, because I'm black. Like, <laughs> he just kept talking. And like you said, he never, right, like, pushed. Right. He never got angry. He just kept saying what, what was on his mind. It was great. <laughs> what, did, what, did he, what did the other cop say? He said something like, well, you're out here, and uh, we're investigating a 415, a noise disturbance, and uh, you look suspicious, and you also definitely look black. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I loved it too. Like uh, maybe it points to the fact that he really was just improving everything. Like he's like, you think I can't read badge numbers? Okay, yeah. Mr. Borkowski and Mr. <laughs> like he says their names. He says their and names then, off their badges. Yeah. And then but, at that very moment, they like, okay, we're going to start heading to the car. <laughs> <laughs> but what I thought was funny is like, those aren't their names, like in the credits or an IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> like it just says "Cop One" and "Cop Two. Yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious because, as I said, I was really interested in seeing if I could figure out where I knew these guys from. And when I clicked on Barry Diamond's IMDb, he's also in like House Party Two or Three. And uh, I thought it was kind of funny because in uh, in House Party One. He is cop number two, and in House Party 3, he's cop number one. <laughs> oh, he got promoted. <laughs> oh, I wanted to reprise my role. Yeah. But I didn't get to. I feel like I feel like these, uh, these cop scenes play – I don't know. I don't know how much differently they play now than they played in 1990. I mean, that was 25 years ago, but uh, given the events of 2014 and 2015 – um, police actions in right. down uh, downtrodden neighborhoods, uh, minority neighborhoods. Like I, I did not feel that these scenes were were particularly funny. They felt more like casting a light, but trying to poke it a little bit, right? Uh, kind of scenes, and I'm certain that they felt even more that way in the '90s. Yeah, uh, I'm just not sure that um, the typical uh, white person seeing house party would really pick up that that this was anything more than uh the white authority figures being shown to be sort of buffoons and read anything more than that into it yeah at least, at least um 
25 years or yeah, 90 definitely. But like for, I guess, um, for me today, like I totally picked up on that. I was like, Ooh, this is, where's this going to go? You know? Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. And, uh, cause again, have as someone who's seen, um, you know, poison the hood and straight out of Compton where those, this is kind of parroting those, not parroting, being a parody of those type of scenes, but uh, there's still there's some truth in that, you know, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, definitely like I was concerned as to which direction it was going to go. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I, I guess that's when one of the reasons why I like to watch these older movies because you sort of pull them out of context because you're right. watching them in a different time. But yeah, it's like I feel like it was hard watching this because – like I think there were a lot of scenes where I thought they should have been funnier, but I was just like taken like out of it because I wasn't watching it in the time, like that goofy sex scene and stuff, you know. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, so yeah, um, so kid he tries to mack on Shireen and totally fails, and then he starts macking on Tisha Campbell, who just witnessed him doing that, and so <laughs> fails there as well. Yes. <laughs> um. And he's just awful at it. He's like, your feet hurt. Maybe your mom should get you new shoes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did, As someone I did. who is awkward, I, <laughs> I, I could feel his pain when it comes to that stuff. So, Yeah. And he doesn't quit. Like, that's me too as well when I'm getting awkward. Like, he, when the slow song comes on, he's like, I usually don't dance to slow songs, but I'll make this exception for you if you promise not to grind on me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to Martin Lawrence, who's slow dancing with some girl. And he's like, ooh, girl, your skin is so coffee or comfy. It's it's like my hush puppies. <laughs> I was like, no, you did not say that. She's just trying to yeah. keep her face as far away from his mouth as she can. <laughs> like... She does not want to smell the dragon breath. Oh, and then the baddies show up at the party and they, they can't get in. So uh, so they decide, okay, let's go back and get our bats and uh, from our Jeep. And then uh, the main guy, Stab, is like, oh, I'm going to grab this can of gas and we're going to burn that house down. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know where this was going to go at this point in the movie. I was like, uh... <laughs> this is this is escalating quickly. Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit worried and then I was like the roof like flows flies off it doesn't burn off. Right. <laughs> I, right. I was trying to make a connection. Um and of course uh as we discussed earlier John Witherspoon the neighbor has called the police. Uh so as soon as uh the baddies start spreading gasoline around the house. Um, they get busted by the cops. He's like, I need a light. And here comes a flashlight beam on them. And they're busted. Uh, <clears throat> and again, it's another uncomfortable scene because he's like, I'm going to call this in when he has all the guys in the back of the car. And the other guy's like, we don't need to call this in. Let's take him to the warehouse. Where, okay, like, no yeah, one- the docks. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, I was wondering if we had skipped over that part because I just remembered it. And I was like, that's a really they kind of gloss over that too. Like there's, there's some dark bits to this movie and that's definitely one of them. The whole, yeah. Like let's and take I mean, him to the docks. No one will hear him scream sort of thing. Yeah. And it's played like a cartoon too. Cause like later they'll, those bad guys will come back and they're just like, Oh, I'm sore. But like, we don't have any physical 
<laughs> you know, right? No bruising or yeah. right. So I mean, I guess they just must be smart cops, and they hit them where you can't see bruise. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so so then, uh, meanwhile, in the party, play uh, grabs the mic and starts freestyling, and uh, basically, kid is like, "This sucks," because he's doing like the you know, raise your hands in the air and that kind of silly stuff, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, I've got better rhymes. What is it? Didn't Cool and the Gang do this rap? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kate is not impressed by uh, plays uh, rhyming at all. So then they battle. And, Which uh, is a good scene. Another good scene. It I'll is a good honest. scene. Yeah. Um, Kid definitely has some skills when it comes to that. For real. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, Play decides uh, he and uh, Daryl Mitchell, they need to get Groove home because he's drunk, which is pretty funny because they like drag him home and then just prop him up against his parents' door and knock on it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good scene. I did like that scene, yeah. So someone opens the door, he just falls right in. Um, And then meanwhile, the girls are like, we want to leave, but Play was supposed to drive us home. And uh kid's like, well, I'll walk you home. And he goes with Shireen up to get their coats or whatnot, uh, purses and things. And and uh, Tisha Campbell's certainly a bit jealous about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but however, uh, Pops pops in uh, to the party and starts harassing everybody, <laughs> uh, making fun of people's names and their look and everything. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, He's like gonna go upstairs, and Tisha Campbell's like, "Oh, you you, you can't go up there because Play's parents like they just had new carpet put in, so I'm standing guard. Like nobody can go up there." And he's like, "What are you saying? My shoes are shitty?" Like, <laughs> right? She's like, "Uh, no." Um. So, uh, so yeah, he gets headed off at the pass and goes home, and he's like, "I'm gonna whip that boy when he gets home," and then. <laughs> <clears throat> And then uh, he says he's going to stay up like a security guard. <laughs> I thought that was great. And so uh, the uh, the kid he uh, walks them both home, and they walk Shireen to the projects first. And uh, he tries to get a kiss, but uh, he fails. She just sort of keeps teasing him. And so then, like Tisha, like she goes into the place with her and like starts yelling at her like saying you know basically she's a player and like don't tease him like that and you're sort of playing like kid and play against each other so that's not very nice of you because they're friends and she storms out and uh he catches up with her and he walks her home despite her not wanting him around and of course they end up bonding on the walk home and then in her bedroom and making out so, uh, mm-hmm. and neither of them have protection, as we sort of hinted to earlier. Mm-hmm. And what I appreciated was they go through the whole list of uh, different <laughs> contraceptives. <That's true. laughs> it's not just like it's not just like do you have a condom? No. It's like are you on the pill? No. And I don't do the sponge thing either. It's like oh, do you and do you have a whatever it is? Or do you have a, a rubber? And he, and he look, goes through his wallet and he pulls one out and it like disintegrates in his hands. <laughs> yeah. It's so old. Yeah. Yes, that's the old like condom in the wallet joke yep and did you get the quick allusion to anal sex i wow 
Interesting where that went. Because, because uh, I'm sorry, but uh, there was because after the whole condom thing, and he starts to say like, "So have you ever?" She's like, "No, I'm never doing that," or something. It's something like that. Oh, okay, like, that's, yeah. That's how I interpreted that because that was the, uh, I guess, the next logical course of action, I suppose. And um, well done, I guess, for you. <laughs> well, you know, I pay attention I, to these sort of things. Ah, I was, I was thinking. No, I just, I didn't go there. I'm I'm sad. I I was like maybe he was going to recommend the pullout method which every every uh movie always tries to do and then like oh that's not going to work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, I guess it could be that too, but I <laughs> you escalated. Mine works. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Anyway. Well, and then the next scene like to your point, like uh the next scene is uh someone has broken the toilet in Play's house. So, it's <laughs> The classic point of view scene of the toilet, right? Uh, looking at play as he tries to fix the toilet just by jiggling the handle repeatedly, <laughs> and trying to play detective as to who broke the toilet, right? And uses right. that as an excuse to end the party. <laughs> yes, this is it. This is the end of the party because uh, the toilet is broken and there's a uh, nasty, I mean, nasty thing me. in there. If someone broke my toilet, I'm like, I'm pulling the plug in this party because, you know. It's true. Uh, yeah. It's going to get nasty up in here. Especially after uh, after leaving a deuce in it. Yeah. <laughs> which, do they overtly say that or they just kind of strongly hint at it? Uh, no, they, they overtly say, like, okay. that's about to crawl out of there. Okay, I think okay, is one of the lines yeah. in that scene. That's a good line. I like it. <laughs> uh, anyway, and he uh, also he also play clearly has no idea how a toilet works either because right. there's no aside from just continuing to jiggle the handle has no concept of how to like pull the top off, flush right. it by Which, hand uh, essentially. As but. as a uh, apartment liver, that's uh, um, something I have to do on almost a uh, every other day basis. <laughs> so, right. I was like, yeah. dude, just pull the lid off, and, you know, just and just you know, uh, yank the put chain the thing manually. It's gonna be good. Yeah, yank yank that chain, baby. Yeah, it'll work. <laughs> uh, anyway, Tisha's parents show up, um, so he's got to go out a window or something. And his parents, her parents just happened to be the man and the woman at the party, the man that he yes, ran over. That's right. Which is wah, great. Wah, wah, call back. <laughs> which is good. That that that's good writing. You're you're using something that happened earlier in the movie to strengthen another part later in the movie. That's good. Yes, and then I I really enjoyed the fact like she pretended like she was sleeping and then her parents were like, oh, isn't she sweet? And she's like, mama, daddy, is that you or something? And and then they hear the dog barking. They're like, oh, we'll go get it. She's like, no, that's okay. <laughs> Which oh, no, he stopped. Don't worry. Visual gags in the entire movie. Yes. When he puts the little dog in the hibachi grill. <laughs> <laughs> Just to quiet it down. I was like, that is that is a great gag. Like you said, I just all I could think of was like the parents or someone finding the dog the next day. Like, how did you get in here? That dog's gonna die because it's probably not strong enough to you know move that lid. 
And, uh, yeah, he just, he has the dog under his arm. He goes to your basic hibachi grill, lifts the lid, puts the dog on top of the grill, replaces the the lid and jumps over the fence or whatever. And it's like, wow, that's, uh, that's pretty great. (laughs) Yeah. I I was just like, I don't know if he would die. Isn't there like a hole in the bottom? (laughs) Oh, maybe that's true. Yeah. Or air does have to circulate in a grill. So yeah, there would be air. So he'd be okay. I used to. Um, when I was in high school, uh, stupid aside, because, hey, time. Um, we, when I was in high school, my, my parents' house was out in the boonies, and if I came home late at night and the light was on for me in the driveway, of course, I would see, like, these, like, you know, huge beetles, like, just slowly walking around on the pavement. <laughs> and I would, like, grab, like, a Coke can out of my car or something, you know, because there's that – um, concave like bottom to the coke cans or pop cans and I would right, just right, put right. it over top of the beetle and then like you could just like in the morning you would see like like the can had finally fell over like 10 feet away <laughs> yikes well good for them yeah yeah <clears throat> the things I did to entertain myself out in the boondocks um, so as kid leaves he gets chased by the villains because they are done getting beat up um, and they chase him down this alley. <laughs> I love how everyone, kid, all the bad guys, everyone is scared of a rat in the alley, <laughs> except for staff. Which is who, not a rat; it's an opossum. It's, it's yes. totally an opossum, but they but they call it a rat, which is good. I get it. you play it up for you know visual stuff. You're like, oh my god, look at that big rat! But it's you know it's a possum, but that's fine. Except for stab, who Practic- takes a good a practical bat, effect. But- yeah. And uh and in the alley, like all of a sudden these two burglars, they have a shopping cart with like a TV yeah. and a bunch of stuff, stolen merch. They go running by and like uh the villains are like, Why has that guy only got one shoe? And then this <laughs> big scary dog comes chasing after them with his shoe in his mouth. And uh and kid jumps into a refrigerator and the bad guys scatter somewhere else and the dog closes the door. Um, on the fridge, which is like an awesome uh, train dog. Train dog <laughs> like, <laughs> physically like stops and like goes. Oh, I have to close this now, and then runs off. Um, this burglar gag was a really strange injection into the movie. It I seemed felt like. like we were supposed to know who they were. That's what ah. I felt like too. Yeah, and I can help you both That's here. The vibe like 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 it like it felt like the characters knew who they were like oh it's so and so and uh like i think they may even had a line like isn't that someone's shoe i don't know but um but the amount of time they spent focused on the burglars made me feel like maybe they were introduced in the film in a different cut and then they got cut out just for that and they just kept that one scene because you know whatever but uh Hmm. did anyone else feel like that I I didn't put that much thought into it. Like like all of you, I felt like that I was supposed to know them, and I just assumed like full force. I just didn't know them, and so when I did the research, uh, yeah, the burglars. That's the uh, the two brothers who made this film, the writer and the director. <laughs> okay, okay, which okay, which is fine, but they weren't like rappers, like so they weren't playing it up to the point where like oh, like the audience circa 1990 would know oh that's exactly. so the rap duo yeah or whatever yeah but uh 
if it's the writer and the director, then that would explain the kind of weird focus on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but you might be right. Maybe there's more that got cut. Um, and uh, so anyway, the the cops show up at just the right time again, which is really the best part about the cops. They always show up at the right time in this movie, and uh, and they say hands up, and so the burger, burglars let go of the cart, which dumps the TV on the cop car window, and. And the cops are like, how are we going to explain that? Meanwhile, the burglars run away, <laughs> jump on a bus. And I think this is where they have their line like, uh, what are you looking at? Because like the one guy's got like a hair dryer on his head <laughs> and the yeah. other guy's a vacuum. Um, <laughs> so so uh, Full Force now has Kid trapped in the fridge and they're making fun of him and it's time for a beating. But here comes the cops again. And so everyone goes to jail. Uh, and so kid calls play to bail him out. And so, uh, play and Martin Lawrence are like, Oh, we don't have enough money. Let's go to Shireen and Tisha and see if they can help us get some money to get him out of there. <laughs> and can I, can I interject one, uh, one part here? Um, there is the classic scene where, uh, kid is on the phone with play and he's like, I don't need you. I don't need CPT here. I, I want you on Japanese people time, which uh, for those um, like me who didn't know this until a couple of years ago, uh, CPT is shorthand for colored people time, which plays in the stereotype of African-Americans being late for stuff. And um, my, uh, my one friend, my one African-American friend, you know, um, <laughs> joking of course i have more than one i have at least two anyway uh he's the one who introduced me to this uh the concept of cpt terminology a couple yeah like i never had never heard of it and um back when i had my own weekly podcast he would do um he ran the soundboard for us and he said that one day and i'm like what is that he's like oh it's colored people time i'm like what and then he explained it and uh so it's kind of a it's become an inside joke between the two of us and uh, so when this scene came up, I quickly texted him and quoted the scene to him. And he's like, oh, man, I got to work at my Japanese people time. And, uh, <laughs> but, That's so great. As someone who got that joke, I appreciated it. I thought it was pretty hilarious. But uh, anyway. Nice. I didn't I did not know that I learned something. Yeah, that's a, it's it's a uh, yeah, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible stereotype <laughs> joke. But they are at least uh, using it for their own uh, humor. Yes, which is, you know, which as my friend does too, he you know makes fun of it and that sort of thing. Um, um so yeah, there's like so a bunch, a bunch of bad guys, uh, and they want to destroy kid and. To the point where they comically decide. No, 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 no. They want to anally rape him. That, that's what that scene <laughs> yes. is about. Yes. Like they, there's a point where they are drawing straws to who gets to rape him first. Like this Dan. whole scene really took a weird turn. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Dan, why, why is everything got to be about anal with you, man? Well, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just calling it how it is, man. Yeah. That's just, I mean, uh, that, that's uh, what this whole scene was about. And, there are several other really weird um, homophobic humor yes. jokes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Again, That's this true. is twenty five years ago, so but uh, not that it makes it okay. But um, but uh, it was it was like whoa, <laughs> it just kind of really stuck out. Yeah i I just was trying to gloss over that because it was a little bit awkward. 
the whole like we're gonna. I'm sorry, re- I didn't mean I didn't mean to like bring it up and uh, make everything awkward. But uh. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. I I tried to focus more on the fact like I was like, where'd they get all those straws in jail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very good point. Where did they get all those straws? Maybe they have free coffee and those are just coffee stirrers and they just oh. use those. Could be, or you know, when you lock someone up, you, they also get a Capri Sun. I don't know. Um, <laughs> right, but sure. I guess the one silver lining of the scene is it leads to a uh, kid freestyle rapping without much of a beat or any kind of backing track. To, right, uh, right. Get his uh, get out of the situation. Yes, yeah. because he gets advice from the. Uh, it's interesting. Like I was like, so this guy, this actor, he must be like pretty famous, like to be, you know, they kind of give him like a little bit of camera time and stuff. And then when I was like looking him up, like actually I didn't like IMDb to see what he did before films. But the other only other movie you might know him from is uh, he's one of the guys in the blues bar in Weird Science. But uh, the actor's name Oh, is- yeah. Fats Williams and so kid is like oh you know I'm, they're gonna you know I need what can I do to get out of this and Fats is he's got this great like uh, I was trying to do it before the show uh, he's got this great gravelly voice he's like uh, you know Richard Pryor he once said when he was in jail <laughs> he's like yeah yeah he's like yeah, uh, he, he would he tell, would tell jokes. jokes keep people off his ass I think I think yeah. is what he said <laughs> yep so he does the rapping, entertains them all, and then play and crew show up to bail him out, and the night is over. So we drop Shireen off first, and she, just like she did with Kid, she stiffs play. She doesn't kiss him. And, of course, uh, when he gets in the car, he totally plays like he did get a kiss. Um, <laughs> then when they drop Tisha Campbell off at her house, uh, he, uh, Kid and Tisha, like, make out like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and Martin Lawrence, all he's doing is like punching like play to look at it and play is like all jealous. He's like, oh, don't slobber any louder. You'll wake everybody up. Um, so then kids. jealous. Up. Yes. And kid sneaks up to his room and he's like, can't believe he actually like made it. He's pretty excited. And uh, as soon as he like starts to get his pajamas on, pops, opens the door, holding his belt. and the credits roll and we get to hear him getting a beating by robin (laughs) yes uh and that (laughs) is the film except um after all the actors names another scene pops up it's our bookend the roof from the beginning of the film falls on our two favorite cops so boom they get what they deserve yes i guess um <laughs> so yeah that's the film uh i think i only counted i was surprised but there were only maybe three jokes about his hair looking like a broom um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, one of the, that sounds about right one of the I other think things he gets, that, call, gets called a, called a racer head twice yeah he gets called a racer head a couple times and the, and I think most of the times that the joke that there's a joke about his hair, it's by the older generation people. None of the younger right. generation people question his his hair choices at all. They might question his style choices, but his hair choice is fine. Um, but all of the all of the older generation people are always like, "What what is going on with your hair?" Which I think is very funny. 
Yeah. Actually, speaking of hair, (laughs) as we talked, like so many of these things like made you like a little uncomfortable because the movie's 25 years old. You don't know like what to think. But yeah, like when the three bad guys get arrested and uh, one of the cops is like shoving the guy into the car and he pushes his head down and he like looks at his hand and like wipes it off on his shirt because it's like Jerry Curl. Yeah, Yeah. it's a Jerry Curl joke. And I was like, oh, that's funny. And oh, maybe he's not. You shouldn't laugh. I don't know. Well, I like I like the other joke when uh, when Pop shows up at the party yes. and he's making fun of yes. everybody and he sees the one guy and he's like, "You better ne- you better never get in trouble because the all the police have to do is follow the drips to your Jerry curled head." <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I was trying That's to remember not, I those. Just watch an hour and a half of uh, Robin Harris, just like you know, <laughs> just improving and just going to town on people. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say the last thing uh, I noticed, uh, I think I might have read that on IMDb, but (laughs) apparently uh, the production manager um, disappeared during the making of the film and it cost the production like several thousand dollars. So he was credited under the name Owes Us Money, (laughs) O-Z-U-S-M-U-N-N-Y. I did not catch that. I Unfortunately, didn't either. my Amazon rental has expired, so I can't go back and check that. But uh, no, I'll take your word for it. Uh, um, so, yeah, like, uh, where are we at? It's uh, we, This went longer than I thought it would because it's just a house party. That's all the plot is. But, yeah, uh, we, we, we had a lot of tangents. I'll, I'll we did have some tangents, yeah. <laughs> so, so where are we at? Like, is it so bad it's good? I, I mean – Sure. I mean, it's one of those things like I, as I told you, I think maybe before we officially started, I actually enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. Um, It definitely has some problematic humor regarding uh, certain areas that we already discussed. But uh, all in all, I mean, it's it's pretty solid. It's got those dance scenes and those rap scenes, which makes it worth watching, in my opinion, alone. I mean, because. I mean, I, I I appreciate that kind of stuff, like because that, some of that dance stuff, like a lot of it's like one take, you know, like it's mm-hmm. they're, they're not cutting away like a cut a second, like they're just keeping it on them and they're doing their own thing, you know. It's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and and this movie has like the classic like kid and play. You could, hmm, yeah, they're like if you had to like. Basically, I was going to say this movie does the classic, like, these kids are high school students when clearly they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but Kid and Play can almost Lawrence pass. Even incredibly young in this does not pass for a high school student. Exactly. And then when you get to, like, the villains, full force, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're crazy old. Um but uh, yeah, so he was born nineteen. Martin Lawrence was born nineteen sixty five. So in nineteen ninety, he would have been twenty five. Wow, is my math is my math right there? Yeah, he'd have been twenty three. Twenty three, twenty five. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. So way way older than uh, eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> yeah, as a high school student would be. <laughs> he'd be, he'd have been graduating college if not yeah. graduated already. Yeah. <laughs> So, and, and I'll be honest, I, he does a really good job in the movie too. Like he, yeah, he does. He he's very good. So uh, so Paul, what about you? Where are you at? I uh, I really enjoyed it. 
I would I would even say the only thing that keeps it from being so bad it's good in my mind is that I'm not sure it's bad. I was waiting for that. Yeah, so, yeah um, that's, that's, I kind of, as I was watching it, I kind of felt that way too. Like, I'm like, because we've done some, this is nowhere near Skidoo or Jim Cotta in no. terms of quality. <laughs> like this, this at least has a solid three act structure, you know, yep. and, yep. uh, and some good, um, production values and et cetera. There's yeah, some, I, the, I would say there's some points in it where I feel like, uh, I'm a little lost in terms of where, where the plot is trying to go, but because it's a fairly, in terms of being like, maybe this is one of the earliest movies that did this kind of thing, but in terms of being the kind of, the kind of movie that a movie called House Party would be, even though I didn't necessarily know where exactly I was in the plot, I could kind of infer where things were going to go anyway. So I never, like, it never popped me out of it. There were a couple of points where I felt like it was moving a little bit slow, and most of that was in the setup to the party. Um, I think once you get into the party scenes, it moves just fine. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel, too. Yeah, kind of slow leading up to the party. Like, okay, yeah, we get it, get on with it. And then, but once the party stuff starts happening, that's when it, you know, uh, I would have liked to have seen more attempts by Kid to get out of the house. I feel like he got out of the house way too easily. Yeah, yeah, yep. True. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. Like, uh, I originally was like, it's just been so fun watching movies from like different years, like, Especially with like Armin or uh, people, even Paul, like because we are different ages, like um, and the nostalgia that I have for some of these films, and I'm like, yeah, it still holds up. And then Paul's like, oh my god, no, it does not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when uh, when I I don't remember how I stumbled onto House Party, but I was like, wow, like I think when I was younger, I thought that movie was pretty great, and I think. Like it basically is more of a vehicle for kid and play than a film. So mm-hmm. I wonder yeah, how it holds up and it yeah. really kind of does hold up. Like I yeah. thought oh, yeah. I'll pick it because it'll probably be bad because it's 25 years old, but it, it's not that bad. No, That's, it's, it, it's solid. I had never seen it. So that no, was I had, what this I, was my first time too. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my initial thinking when I started watching it was this was a vehicle for kid and play. And I wasn't really, uh, a kid in play. I wasn't really aware of them aside from kind of knowing their name a little bit. So right. I was not really sure what to expect in watching it. And when I was done, I was like, well, for, for a movie that maybe was really designed to be a vehicle for this duo, it really has a lot of meat to it as opposed to just being like a bare bones, try to get them into the set pieces. Cause the set pieces are pretty great. But the movie that surrounds it is actually interesting enough that it keeps you going and keeps you interested. Yeah, it, it's no from Justin to Kelly, that's for sure. Like, it, it definitely, uh, there, there is some meat to the bones of this movie, which I think is, yeah, I feel it does hold up pretty well. I have to say that I was confused because not only have I seen this one and number two, but the other movie that Kid and Play did also takes place in school called Class Act. Class Act, <laughs> and, yeah. And so I was getting the movies confused because I I don't <laughs> I should have looked up, but uh basically the plot of Class Act is like um 
they are not friends because play is like some sort of horrible bad kid that moves to a new school or something and kid is just a nice guy. So the whole time I was like, wait, why are they being friendly to each other? And I was like, oh, that must have been that other movie. (laughs) I was just like, they played high school kids in every movie. I'm so confused. Ah, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at. I think it's just a good movie. Um, I'm ready to sign this off uh, so we can yeah. get on with our evenings. Um, thanks again, Dan, for joining us. I know you were worried about it, and it's that holiday season where we're all busy, so I really appreciate you joining us. Oh, no, my pleasure. You know, now I just got to kill time till Star Wars comes out. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, there's a holiday or two b- between now and when I get to see Star Wars, but whatever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> where where can people find you? They can find me at clattertron.com. That's clatter like the noise and Tron like the movie Tron. And I'm also on Twitter as at Daniel J. Hogan. And uh, I'm on the Instagram <clears throat> as at clattertron because Daniel J. Hogan was already taken by some person. Unfortunately, it's one of those things. Ah, so I do a new uh, comic strip every week, unless I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, it might be getting close to that late time to order things, but you can check out his store at his site as well, because um, we were yes, talking about that uh, before am, the podcast. I'm on the Etsy, and I'm on uh, Society6. I have, uh, if you like original art or coloring books, you can get those through my Etsy shop, which is uh, danieljhogan.com, or sorry, Start over, danieljhogan.etsy.com and uh, society6.com slash danieljhogan. It's easy. It's a mouthful, but it's easy. I can report that the uh, coloring books are kid-tested and approved. That's Good. right. I'm glad to hear it. Send me pictures. Uh, <laughs> but yes, at this point, I cannot necessarily guarantee arrival before Christmas because it's uh, yeah. you know, late yeah. in the game, but I will do my best. Yes. Yep. I have uh, – and. We probably won't post this episode until after yeah, yeah, probably. This will probably go up in February, so it doesn't really matter anyway. <laughs> if you act but now, I mean, you I might be able to get the coloring book in time so for Valentine's Day. Right. <laughs> yes, my mom has bought me a coffee cup, and then I have purchased a T-shirt for my wife. So I can improve of the goods as well. Um, all right. That. And I am Chris Hi, uh, I am at Sick Days on Twitter, and you can see things that I'm up to at sickdays.me, or if you're really uh, adventurous, you can try savethis.space. It's a new place I'm playing around on. Also, we have Paul. Hi. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Paul D, or you can head to padizio.com, P-A-D-I-Z-I-O.com, to find links to all my various other places like my blog and whatnot uh and the other thing uh you can check out is if you go to either of the two live stream pages the montrealsauce.com slash live or filmfrown.com slash live uh you may just find that there's reruns playing uh just about all the time now we have some new fancy broadcast scheduling software and so and now that we have a rather lengthy library of shows for both shows. Uh, I am scheduling reruns almost all the time. So if you want to check nice. in on the live page, uh, or uh, you can also uh, add that stream to uh, iTunes or other stream-capable 
pieces of software. Uh, you can just jump in and listen whenever you'd like. Cool. I wondered about that. I'm on a few of those. Actual address. You are. Yeah. Um, yeah. At some point, uh, I will actually post instructions on those live pages on how to get the streams into uh, like what the stream address is if you want to directly add it to your uh, uh Winamp <laughs> or uh, iTunes. <laughs> Winamp. Yeah, my uh, I really whips the llama's ass. <laughs> Sorry, my my Android uh, podcast addict app actually has like a you can add a live stream, and I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, we should figure this out. But then it didn't have like an option for me to like add the stream. It just had a list of a ton of streams. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. If you, so. if I remember right, if you go to the live page, uh, next to the player there, there's actually a little red link that says like M3U. Uh, and if you click that link, um, that's actually the, the, Right. "Quote unquote" playlist, the stream playlist that your streaming software wants to open in order to catch our live stream. So, cool. whatever, uh, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't a hundred percent have the hang of getting every single moment of the day scheduled yet. Uh, that's that's purely because I haven't set up, set up enough smart playlists so that it can just be intelligent and keep running stuff on its own. Uh, but uh, mm. give it a try. Head to the live page. Uh, let me know what you think. Listen to some back episodes. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, next week is Montreal sauce, and it's the last of the year. Um, we've got a guest lined up all the way from Antwerp. That is, if he's awake. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, he was like, I totally want to be on your show. And I was like, it's totally not going to work. <laughs> and he was like... <laughs> He's like, no, I work late at night a lot, so maybe I'll just take a nap during the day and set an alarm. So we'll see. <laughs> awesome. Um, is this is this someone I should know or? Uh, um, no, no, he teaches at the at the International Film and what is it? Ah, I don't know. He teaches at a school and he's a three D artist that I met online. So, and can I, I, can, I can I do a plug? Yeah. Um. So. Hang on a second. Let me uh, get this website. <laughs> oh, that's not it. Hang on a second. So there's a. Bear with me here. My brain's shutting down because it's after ten o'clock. Okay. So there's a film festival here in Lansing, the Capital City Film Festival, and it's currently open for submissions. And uh, I have it on good authority. They are also actively looking for animation shorts and features. Um, but submit anything you can that's film or animation to the Capital City Film Festival. Uh, the website is ccff.co. Although if this is going up in February, <laughs> never mind. Might, it might be too late. But yeah. Yes. But uh, if anyone's li- listening to the live stream, uh, by all means, go to ccff.co and click on call for entries for information on how to submit your shorts and uh by all means, please submit your animations. Is there uh, is it general animation? You like you don't want family friendly or kids stuff only, or submit whatever you can, and then uh, they will filter things as needed. Uh, cool. But uh, by all means, send in whatever you can. Um, <clears throat> fees go up at the end of December by five bucks, and then they go up again sometime in January. I think. I think submissions close um, 
at some point in January. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, uh, by all means, get the word out. Please send in your stuff, films and especially animation, because uh, they are trying to uh, showcase more animation stuff this year. Awesome. I will uh, pass that on. I just did an interview with someone who did a really good animation. Check it out at DirtyLaundryDay.com. Um, Will do. <laughs> uh, so I'll pass that on to him. Uh, anyway, so that's the show. Next, The next film frown is also going to be in 2016. Sorry. Uh, all the holidays <laughs> seem to fall on Thursdays. Um, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you can listen to the live stream reruns um, on January 7th, we're back live nuking the fridge. So <laughs> awesome. Crystal Skull? Yes. All right. Uh, really? Scary. All right. Well, yep. thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, Mom. Uh, thanks, Mom. Exactly. And thanks, Chris's mom. <laughs> thanks to the train and the police who appeared in the episode as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Special all thanks. Right. Thanks again to Paul and everyone for listening. So uh, good night, everyone. Remember, wherever you are, there you are. Buckaroo Banzai. It's better every time. (laughs) You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Thank you for coming out to the drive-in tonight. As you leave, please drive carefully and come back soon. Please replace the speaker on its rack when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you.